0: Hi there. We are so glad to see you here in our little town. You may have heard of us before, and while you can't believe everything you read, we hope you're prepared to enjoy your stay. Because here, anything can happen. So, lock your doors, set aside your assumptions, broaden your mind, and enjoy your trip to Superstition. Episode 8, Hole in the Wall. everyone this is sarah colp the writer and creator of superstition thank you for listening i just want to give you a heads up that about four minutes into the episode there is a police siren noise so if you're listening to this while you're driving you are probably not being pulled over if you're listening to this and you're in the middle of a high-speed car chase from the police then maybe it is actually the police and thanks for listening anyway all right enjoy the episode
1: In this town, everybody has a story. My story isn't even all that strange, for superstition. Lots of other people have stories that are weirder, even if they have happier endings. It stands out because, in a way, we saw it coming. My name's Tom, and all my life, I've known somehow that I'm being followed. That shouldn't be surprising either, because I'm the son of Mexican immigrants living in Joe Arpaio's state of Arizona, and I'd have to be willfully ignorant not to feel that way. But that's not what I'm talking about. Not exactly. I only mention that because I'm pretty good at expecting the worst. When my brother didn't come home, I think we all knew why. It took some time to exhaust the last threads of hope. that The doorbell might sound, and Julian would just be there, apologetic in the way that he was when he knew he'd upset you. None of us wanted to be fatalistic, but when two days passed, then three, we all knew. Not the specifics, of course, those still haven't been resolved, but the outcome. I'd spent the first seventeen years of my life as the second son, falling somewhere in the middle in a family of five, with an older brother who was my greatest irritant, and my best friend. We were pretty different, Jules and me, but we understood each other. Hmm. Maybe that's time and the memories talking, but that's how it felt, and that changed over the course of a week, just like that. I went from being the second son and second child to being the oldest living sibling in a family of four. And that day, I knew that something watched it happen to see what I would do next. You know that feeling, don't you? That prickle at the back of your neck. That certainty that someone's eyes are following you, measuring your actions and guessing at your movements. Grief does things to you that you don't expect. My brother vanished, and I felt like I had abandoned him, and I've never really felt alone since. The only other member of my family I ever told was my grandmother, but she always had odd ideas about what was possible and what wasn't. She knew, when Jules vanished, that he wasn't coming back, before the rest of us did. It was easier. To run away from it, leave the town and my family behind and start over. But that didn't last longer than a few years. I lack that cowardice or bravery. Easier to return home and face the life you always knew was destined for you than push beyond it for something bigger. Easier to sit and wait for something bad to happen, like you know it will, than to work and stop it. Did I know? Before jewels vanished? Part of me did, I think. When my hair crawled up my neck, I knew something bad was going to happen. But you never think the story is going to be yours. Did I know when Katie vanished? Maybe. But I'd also learned my lesson.
2: Problem officer,
1: you're really leaving.
2: Isn't that what you requested? Was I driving over the speed limit, or is there something else you forgot to say about the kind of person that I am? It,
1: you were going over the speed limit, but that's not the point.
2: Then what is? You won. I'm going. Isn't that what you wanted?
1: <sighs> Will you just be quiet for a second? This isn't a joke.
2: I'm not laughing. <sighs>
1: You're not making this easy.
2: Oh, I'm very sorry for you. Damn
1: it. I knew this wasn't going to work. I knew I should have just... just, No, no, wait. Don't roll up your window. Please, just hear me out. Wait, Jack. I I need your help. You need my help? Me?
2: A dishonest meddler manipulating everybody around her who shouldn't even have gotten involved in your life to begin with? Yes. Nah, I'll pass. See you in the next life.
1: Please just hear me out. I didn't mean to- To what?
2: Say it? Sure you did. You picked a real nice time to start doing your job.
1: I had to know if what the Chief said was true, and I won't apologize for that.
2: You could have asked me.
1: Would you have told me the truth?
2: You want to hash out the details of truth and fiction now? Is it true? Yes. Everything you said was... Yes. Okay? Does that make you happy? Because you missed one real obvious fact when you went digging around in my history.
1: Your family. I know. I read the file.
2: Oh, you're a real great detective now.
1: I didn't mean to...
2: My family disintegrated when I was a kid. And my whole life flew off the rails. And I've never really been able to pick up the fucking pieces, no matter how hard I tried. Sometimes I gave up trying. Is that what you want me to say?
1: No, it's not.
2: Well, it's the truth. And that's what you're asking for. Muzzle Can I be excused?
1: Uh, look, I'm sorry. You...
2: Uh, what?
1: I'm sorry. I mean it. I was angry, and you were the easiest person to be angry at. It's not your fault you got in the way of all this, so I'm sorry but I need you to listen to me because I don't have a lot of time and something's happened. Something bad.
2: You really think I'm just gonna... just... (sighs) Someday, someone's gonna walk all over you for being so damn honest.
1: You're probably right about that.
2: What the hell is it?
1: Kate's case file is missing.
2: You sure someone didn't just misplace it?
1: So is my brother's from over ten years ago. And three or four other missing persons cases I hadn't even known to look for are gone, too.
2: Someone stole them. From the police station? That sounds like a job for the police, doesn't it?
1: You misunderstand me. I'm pretty sure I know where they've gone. And if I'm right, then there's something happening in this town that's worse than I thought. And Kate is in serious trouble. What do you mean? I mean... I need to do something that's kind of illegal. Huh.
2: So you're chasing me down to get busted for aiding and abetting. Nice.
1: Please, Jack. I don't know what else to do.
2: (sighs) Will you at least tell me which laws we're breaking?
1: Breaking and entering.
2: Well, could be worse. Where are we breaking into?
1: The office of the chief of police.
2: Oh. Well. I see why you need my help. Are you sure nobody's in the building?
1: As sure as I'll ever be. Are you sure you can get it open?
2: You never know until you try, right?
1: Well, if you can't, then breaking in here was just a waste of
2: time. If I can't pick the lock, then we can make do with a lighter and a spray can of deodorant. That... works? It can. Alright, I'm going to do something slightly illegal now, so you just look the other way for a sec.
1: If I can't see it happening, it doesn't mean it's not happening. But you're going to feel better about it, and
2: frankly, so
1: am I. Uh, Just get inside before something goes wrong, or I change my mind about this. And keep your voice down.
2: You'd think this wasn't your first break-in. What exactly are we looking for?
1: Those case files. Or anything to explain why he took them. You asked him? I asked him where case went. And he said it wasn't my problem. And then he told me to stop asking questions. There's something he knows that he doesn't want me to find out.
2: Maybe in this bookshelf? Oh, that's creepy. Uh, is he a fan of modern
1: art? Eh, painting's always been in here. Maybe it was a gift.
2: So what do we do if he took them home with him?
1: Break into his house?
2: Ooh, anarchy in the AZ. Will you leave that ugly painting alone and come help me?
1: Yeah, just... There's something weird about it. I've never looked at it closely before.
2: And now is the time? Uh, it's not flat
1: on the wall. Look... There's something behind it.
2: Mm-mm. If this is cult-related, I'm done. Oh. Wow.
1: There's a hole in the wall? Ah, yeah, there's something back there. A room. What's in it? It's too dark. There's a lever, though. Okay. Okay. Why does my boss have a secret room hidden behind his bookshelf? Oh, no cults. Don't joke around. Keep your voice down.
2: I'm not joking. This town is divided. Two sides.
1: There are piles of crap back here. Filing cabinets, old evidence, maps. Oh. What? Kate's case file. He did take it. Oh, I was hoping I was wrong. And here's my brother's. Julian? Jules. Yeah.
2: He was 19. He looked like you.
1: He doesn't have anything to do with this, unless they really think that's his body. And and whatever took Katie also took...
2: Tom, you cannot do this now.
1: That bastard didn't even bother telling me for real. He just hinted at it, and...
2: Tom, you gotta keep it together. Whatever's going on, we'll figure it out and we'll hold O'Connell upside down and shake him for answers if we have to, but it's not going to happen while we're breaking into the police station.
1: That was almost reasonable. Good job.
2: I'd give myself a C in the pep talk department. What is this a map of? The town? What are those markings?
1: They're X's. With dates. Some of them really old. 1912, 1955, 2001, three weeks ago. He's tracking something. Uh, Let me take a picture. What's all this for?
2: The other missing persons case files he took, are they unsolved?
1: Yeah, like... like Jules.
2: Like my parents.
1: Yeah, a robbery, unsolved. Uh, A suicide from 1976, lots of newspaper clippings, and some photos. All sorts of stuff. Uh, Looks like some medical records, and... Oh, holy Jesus. What? Uh, you better take a look at this.
2: These are my mom's medical records. From the hospital in superstition? July 5th, 2002.
1: Miriam St. James?
2: Why does he have my mom's medical records? Why was she in the hospital in superstition when she was supposed to be... Supposed to be... Shut up! That is not supportive. That's...
1: Mm. Shut up! I heard something!
2: Oh, fuck me.
1: Someone's coming. We have to get out of here.
2: Maybe it's just the janitor.
1: I don't think we have that kind of luck today. Come on, now!
2: There's nowhere to go. We have to stay here. Slide that door shut and just... Oh, shit. The painting. It's still on the floor. How long does it take to walk across the office? Have a minute. Then get out of my way. The painting slipped and slid in my hands as I picked it up and returned it to its hook on the wall. Sweaty palms know no mercy and I didn't have any time to waste. I slid back through the door and hit the lever to close it at the exact moment that the chief's office door began to open. We pressed our ears up to the little hole in the wall. Through the canvas of the painting, I could see the room get lighter.
3: That's what I mean when I say heading for trouble. There are too many people poking their fingers into this. I can't believe one missing girl's causing such a stir. Hysterical sister, that damn detective, my own officers prying. Tidy little diversion, though. Diversion? Shh! She's taken care of. Left town. Doubt she'll come back, but if she does, we'll try something more permanent. She's certainly been acting suspicious. Let her spend a few days in jail. What, Madrazo? No, he won't be any trouble. I just dangled something in front of his face, and he did exactly what I wanted him to. It had to be done. I know, but there isn't another way. This is how it has to happen, otherwise I have no idea who else will get hurt. He can't know that we know. It'll ruin everything. Stay out of his way, but keep an eye on him. And see if you can figure out who got the story to my brother, will you? If I ask, he'll know why. Someone slipped him something more comprehensive than a press release. You know, I've got to tell our cleaning people not to move things around in my office when they tidy up in here. There are papers all over my desk. I wonder...
2: I could see his silhouette through the canvas of the painting. See him turn and walk closer. If he moved it off the wall, he'd come face to face with the two of us, and there was nowhere to hide. He stopped. Right in front of us. I swore he could hear my heartbeat. And for a moment...
3: What? Yes, I'll be right there. Lay low and don't interfere until then.
2: Oh, that was close.
1: I think I'm going to be sick. He knew. I assumed he was just trying to cover his own ass about mishandling the case somehow, but he knew something bad was going to happen to Kate. And he knew that I... that I... I owe you an apology.
2: Uh, that's what's on your mind? How the hell did he know?
1: (laughs) I mean it. I did exactly what he wanted me to do. Jack, I played right into his hands. And if I'd stopped to think, I wouldn't have said any of it, and I
2: Oh, you're forgiven. Accepted. Say ten Hail Marys and call me in the morning. Whatever. Tom, listen to me. This is so much worse than I thought.
1: What did you think?
2: Things happen in this town that nobody can explain, right?
1: Of course they do.
2: And don't tell me that this happens everywhere, because it does not- Not like this.
1: Are you saying you know why? Because, Jack, I've been wondering that my whole life, and I've never gotten close to figuring that out.
2: No idea. I've got a guess as to where I can find out, but that means we have to go get Sam's diary back, and that's assuming he wrote us a real answer from 1890. But I do know something for certain, and it doesn't have anything to do with the supernatural or ancient mysteries... The reason why it keeps happening is the same reason why bad shit happens to people everywhere else.
1: What are you talking about?
2: Because someone lets it. I need to talk to her because I need to talk to her. That's why. It's my business, not yours. Just tell me where she is. Is she back there? Well, can I take a look? No? Health code violation? Excuse you. I wash my- Hey. There you are, Isabella! You're the only good bartender in this joint, you know?
4: There are other bars in this town, you know.
2: You know, you keep saying that, but I haven't seen any. And I like this one.
4: I can give you directions. You can go drown your sorrows somewhere else. I'm good. Then tell me why the hell you're walking back into my bar.
2: Do you own it? No. Then... Is it really your bar?
4: Will that really matter when I throw you out of it?
2: I'm here to apologize.
4: Then, apologize.
2: I... I need your help.
4: Yeah, that's what I figured. Find help somewhere else. Are you going to go, or is this going to be a scene? This
2: kind of thing is really hard for me, okay? I need a bit of a runway to get myself going, because I didn't realize that I was going to hurt you. And that's a lot of responsibility that I didn't really know that I had. And, you know, I talk a lot of bullshit, but I didn't mean for it to really mean something, except when I did want it to. The point is that I am sorry. I'm sorry!
4: I didn't ask you to yell it.
2: I wasn't really sure what was going to come out of my mouth.
4: Do you even know what you're apologizing for?
2: Uh, I'm starting to put it together. And I know that it matters. I know it does. But we've got time for me to give you a real apology. And I will. I'll do my best anyway. But, you know, this isn't about me or you. Not right now. It's about a missing girl who needs our help.
4: You changed your mind.
2: Well, someone made a pretty good case for why I should care.
4: I was kind of hoping you were being honest with yourself.
2: Hey, one step at a time.
4: Say I decide I was born yesterday, and I believe you. We're still back to square one, we don't have any information, we're playing chess in the dark, and we're on thin fucking ice. Nothing's changed.
2: Something has.
4: If that's going to be a come on, I swear to fucking God, I'll empty that keg over your head. It's not. And why should I believe you?
2: Because... I think I know who did it.
4: So, before we go barging into this house, will you tell me again why you think he did it? Well,
2: you got me thinking about it, actually, because you said it was weird that someone owned some land in the middle of nowhere. It is strange. Nobody built a house or a mine or a theme park on it. So, before I came by the bar, I did some digging. I ended up in the basement of City Hall, actually. Hella spooky down there. Turns out, when the Bureau of Land Management puts public land up for sale, they hold an auction. There was an article about it. Simon Malay's grandfather bought it after World War II and never sold it.
4: That was pretty clever, actually. Maybe you're not so bad at this if you really try.
2: Don't act so surprised. Why are you carrying a crowbar?
4: I'm not sure what we're going to find here and I haven't forgotten about the monster
2: you mean the literal monster right not the guy we suspect might have kidnapped his niece either or you don't have to come with me
4: I know I'm doing it anyway
2: you you're really something you know that
4: I could stand to hear it more often
2: thanks Isabella you're really something
4: you're welcome
2: Okay, let's go see if Simon Millay is home. Ugh. Bachelor life is disgusting. It smells like something died in here.
4: Why do you always say the worst possible thing you can think of?
2: Oh, right. Well, I don't think anybody's home.
4: I'm not putting my crowbar down. Do you want to look for something that looks like a secret door?
2: Why? Do you see something?
4: Well, it just seems likely, considering the events of the last few days, but also, look behind you. There might be something behind that wardrobe.
2: Why does everyone in this town have a secret passage? (sighs) Help me move it.
4: Oh, it smells worse.
2: Sam's journal. Here it is! So that thing really did take it. Where does this passage
4: go? It's pitch black.
2: What the hell is the rest of this? Cassettes?
4: Hundreds of them. And here's an old cassette player. Why is he hiding these? They're ancient. This one's dated 1989.
2: Maybe he's ashamed of his mixtapes from the 80s. Do you think we should...
4: I mean, I'm not gonna say no. There's nothing else other than this in that tunnel.
5: something in the corner of my eye that i can't get out went to the doctor but he said both my corneas are fine and that i've still got 20 20 vision like always even let elaine stick a flashlight in my eyeball too and that just gave me a headache she thinks i'm working too much if i concentrate really hard i can almost see it almost looks like a man but impossibly tall with the head of an animal Something is leaving messages in the sky, on the wings of birds, and the bones of cattle.
4: White guy trying to sound like a made-for-TV shaman. How original.
2: What the hell?
4: Here's another one, from 1999. I found this place last night. Ruined the wheels of
5: my car doing it, but I had to know. They found something. Awful out there, buried underneath my grandfather's land a long time ago. Perhaps it's still there. Perhaps they've taken it away. I'm the only one that can do something about it now.
2: Did Simon ever say anything like this in public?
4: Not in front of me. This this is new.
2: Look, this one's
5: from last year. Saw it late last night, standing outside the auto shop when I locked up. It followed me home and I let it inside because it looked like me. It looked like I dreamed it. It's a horrifying thing that shouldn't exist. But it's a tool. The answer to my questions. It can do my work for me and nobody's going to suspect that I'm involved showed me where the tunnels go and where they lead to and now I understand. I understand everything. Sometimes things aren't made to be broken.
2: Do you think he's talking about the the monster? And what work?
4: This one's from yesterday.
5: It's calling to me again. I'm the only one that can do this, but it is, is it worth this, this damn town, th- these people, are they worth her, but it could be me next, yeah, it could be anyone, all my life I lived so close to the truth, and I didn't even see it, but I, but I do now, I see it now, see, I know it wants Kate. It wants me to take her through the tunnels out to the family land and slit her throat and leave her under the sky. Soon. I don't know if I can do
4: this. But if I don't... Shit. I think this means you're right, Jack.
2: I hope it also means Kate's still alive. I know what you're about to say. You think this is a bad idea, and that I'm an idiot, and that we should call the police.
4: You haven't even suggested anything yet.
2: I haven't said it out loud because I know it's a bad idea. And if I think it's a bad idea, then it's an absolute disaster.
4: You want to go after her. Down that tunnel.
2: I think I have to.
4: You don't have to.
2: I don't think we have time to waste.
4: You could decide that this still isn't your problem and just leave.
2: Look, you're right. I'm really good at running away from stuff. In fact, I've turned it into an art form. I get close to something or someone and I get scared. And I bolt. I've done it since I was a kid. When I came to Superstition, I decided to run at something, rather than away for the first time in years. I mean... Head first. Into a wall. I don't know if it was the right thing to do. I've never been good at knowing that.
4: Then why aren't you running now?
2: I'm not a great person. Or anything. I'm probably pretty hellish to know most of the time, but... What kind of person would I be if I didn't try to help this girl?
4: You're an idiot. Let's go.
2: You're not going with me. I need you to stay here in case he comes back. Call Tom. Make sure Captain O'Connell doesn't find out.
4: I'm not letting you go down there by yourself.
2: I need you to trust me.
4: I'll give you an hour. Then I'll come looking. Make it two. You know, Jack, rushing off into unknown certain danger is something a detective out of a comic book would do.
2: If this works out, you can buy me a hat. Isabella? Yeah? Yeah? You want to wish me luck? For a minute, I thought she was going to laugh me off. It's what I deserve. Always trying to have the last word. But she didn't. She leaned forward. The space between us vanishing in an instant. And she kissed me. It was a good kiss. One worth doing something really stupid for. That's the best kind.
4: Good luck, Jack.
2: So I went into the tunnel underneath the city to rescue the girl. And I walked for a long time. I don't know how long. It felt like years. The passage twisted, went down, got narrower it never opened up or branched out and so I followed it and I was alone alone with the decisions that had led me here with that kiss and the sudden promise of something bigger than it had been before and alone with my own story this path to follow this ending to witness outcome uncertain Weather, pretty cloudy. Alone, of course, until I wasn't. Because finally, the passage turned, and I was face to face with someone.
5: Ah!
6: Get the Ah! fuck off of me! Ow, 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 ow! Back up right now, or I will brain you! I will hit you on the head with this rock, and I will not feel bad about it!
2: Kate? What? You're Kate Malay, aren't you? you? You're alive. I, I found you. Who the hell are you? My name is Jack St. James. I'm here to rescue you. Rescue
6: me? Oh, just my luck that I happen to rescue my rescuer from breaking her neck in the dark. I've never heard of you
2: in my life. Oh, I'm I'm new in town. Your sister asked for my help. Uh, well, more or less, anyway.
6: My sister... is trying to find me?
2: She's persistent. Kate, I know what happened, or at least I think I do. Are you alright?
6: I'm fine. I mean, it's all relative, (laughs) I guess. But he hasn't hurt me. I thought for sure he was going to, but he hasn't. I really hope you are who you say you are. But even if you're not, we both need to get a move on. Now.
2: What? Why?
6: Because your rescue operation is right in the middle of my escape attempt. I don't think my uncle is going to kill me or anything, but he wants to hurt somebody. And now you're here.
2: Oh, shit.
6: Hey, what was your name? Jack. I'm Kate. How do you do? Now, let's run for your life.
0: Thank you for listening to Superstition. This episode was written and edited by Sarah Kolb. It stars Alex Galegos as Tom, Kira Apple as Jack, Nathan Comstock as Captain Mark O'Connell, Joy Taylor as Isabella, and Amanda Rainey as Kate. Have you too recently discovered a great and terrible secret about a family member of yours and you have to tell someone right now, right away, because you literally don't know what the consequences will be if you don't? You can find us on Twitter at Pod Superstition and support us on Patreon. Just search for Superstition Podcast and we'll pop up. Plus, a very special Happy Hanukkah to those of you who celebrate. I hope you've had the opportunity to share a meal with the people that you love, to think about the things in your life that are lights in dark places, and to flee into the hills with an axe to form a royal army and attempt to overthrow a corrupt and authoritarian government in the spirit of the holiday. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you later.